Well, good morning. Let's see. You getting a level on me back there? Okay. Great. Well, the first thing I want to say is that uh, every time you fly somewhere, you should expect trouble. Uh, unfortunately, the airlines are not caught back up with all the COVID issues that are going on. And, and uh, yeah, uh, the spirit of God is in this place. It may not be in every airline that you go on that may have a similar name, just to let you guys know, okay? Um, no, but... Um, just want to say uh, that we had a wonderful time. I, I first want to say thank you, Corey. You did a fantastic job last week uh, preaching and filling in. I uh, appreciate that so much. Wonderful message. Uh, we were watching last week online, uh, but it was 7.30 in the morning. So <laughs> and uh, this week has been a little bit of an adjustment getting back to our normal uh, Eastern Standard Time, I, I should say, if we will. But couple uh, quick things I want to just mention. I know Jay did announcements, and I uh, just want to say, if you are interested, I just want to repeat one of those things. If you are interested in uh, taking a Who is Passion class, we need to know that uh, today or at the very latest tomorrow so that we can uh, make sure we have arrangements made for that. So please let me know. Please RSVP with me uh, either later today or shoot me a text or a phone call or something and say, hey, I'm interested in being part of that class uh, so that we can make those arrangements. Uh, also, just one last thing too, is that on March 7th, we're doing, uh, as Jay also mentioned, we're doing the Habitat for Humanity. However, here's a good thing. For all of those that have been helping out with Habitat for Humanity, we are now inside. So, And we have a heater, and we have uh, protection, and all of those good things. So we're going to be putting up, uh, actually, trim, and doing some trim work uh, over the last few weeks or last few uh, months until it's finished. So, All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 14. We're going to finish up our series of sermons that we've been working on uh, these past few weeks called Matters of the Heart. And I want to share this message with you today and I want to uh, bring this message to you because I think it's important. It's a, it's a message that I think we have to understand The question I have for you today is not what a matter of the heart is, but the question I have for you today is, what is God's love language? If you've ever been in uh, marriage counseling or ever uh, wanted to improve your marriage, you probably had a time or a moment when you uh, read a book called, by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. One of the most wonderful books when it comes to actually uh, working with communication styles between two people and helping uh, just get to know each other. Basically, those five love languages are quality time. Uh, let me see if I can do this by memory. Phys- uh, acts of service, quality time, uh, gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch. There we go. And so these are, these are these things that God has placed in each and every one of us to actually share with each other. So it's how we, <laughs> as I look over and Jason and Jody are tapping and, and poking each other over there. Um, <laughs> these, are, these are the ways that generally what happens if, and, and marriage counseling, we talk about this all the time, but, but one of the, generally what happens is that we speak a language that we want to receive. But, our, but the problem is that our spouse speaks a different language than what we usually want to receive. We all speak different languages. And the important part about a marriage relationship is for us to get to know our, marriage, our, our love language with each other. I was in the middle of uh, a counseling session, and as I was counseling this couple, I was having this uh, conversation about you know, um, love language and, and what it means and those types of things. And and trying to work through some of those things. And right in the middle of this conversation, it struck me, this thought, does God have a love language? And I started thinking about this for a moment. And, uh, you know, I mean, after all, we are created in God's image, are we not? So if we're created in God's image and each and every one of us has a love language, then it would make sense that God probably has a love language as well. So I went digging in scripture. 
uh, after the counseling session, if you're wondering, okay, just in case you're wondering, it wasn't during the counseling session, but after the counseling session, I went digging in scripture, trying to find what God, what would be God's love language. If God had a love language, what would it be? You know, I was thinking about this, I was spending time with this, and I, I, I was thinking, if we want to speak the language that God needs, if we want to speak, God doesn't need anything after all. He doesn't want anything. He is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. He has everything he needs. But he also gives to us a reason of why we want to worship him. He gives us an avenue to love him, to, to follow him. And so as I went digging in scripture, because for me, everything that I do is based in scripture. If God has a love language, it's going to be in scripture. I'm smart enough to know that God has a way of speaking to us, and this is the way, one of the major ways that he speaks to us, is what's written in this book. And what I found was that God actually does have a love language. Let's pray, and then we'll jump into the John chapter 14 and learn what God's love language is. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Lord, I come before you today, and I just ask you that you would have your way in our midst. Have your way in our lives, have your way in this service, have your way in all that we do and say. Lord, we want to love you, we want to follow you, we want to be as close to you as possible. Every step of our life we want to be directed by you. And so Lord, we ask you if there's a way that we can continue to grow closer to you, if there's a way that we continue to overcome things in our life, we ask you that you would help us to do it. Lord, may we understand when it comes to the matters of the heart, your love and the love that you have for us is at the very top of that list. Out of our hearts come what drives our mouth. Out of our heart comes what we love and what we hate. Out of our hearts comes what we find important. And so, Lord, we ask you, may you help us to have a heart that follows after you. Lord, I pray today that you just remove any hindrances and any stumbling blocks that keeps us from hearing from you. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in our midst today. Help us to understand these scriptures. Bring them to life inside of us so that we can live out these things that you're calling for us to live out. We love you, Lord. We glorify you. We honor you. And I ask you, Lord, may your words be my words today. May I do justice and bring the message that you have shared with me to bring to these people here today. May I not speak on my own accord, but may I speak only on yours, Father. And we give you the glory in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen. If you turn to John chapter 14, starting in verse 15. In fact, we'll, we'll be reading 15 through 17. These are Jesus' own words, by the way. So as you're reading these, if you have a red-lettered Bible, you'll see the, they should be written in red. But it says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Let's jump back real quick and just read that first chapter, uh, chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. See, the truth of the matter is, is that God does have a love language. Over and over and over again in Scripture, we find that God's love language is our obedience. I'm going to jump right out of the gate. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm not going to make you wait until the end of this uh, four-hour-long sermon to hear what God is really saying. <laughs> you don't have anything going on later today. There's no football. You know, there's nothing like that going on. You're okay. No. <laughs> yeah, we are tapping trees. Me too. So, um, no, but seriously, everywhere in Scripture, when you read, you find these things that follow me, follow my commands. Jesus' rules, Jesus' commands to us, and his, his sentence right here, right out of the gate says that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. God's love language is our obedience to him. There is no way around it. There's no way to uh, not see this. There's no way to discount it to something else. God wants our obedience. He wants us to be obedient to him. 
He wants us to follow him. He wants us to live for him. He wants us to follow his commandments. Other places in scriptures, the two greatest commandments are to what? Love your what? As your what? And the second one, or the first one is actually, I'm sorry, let me, the first one is to love our what? Yeah, love our God. And then to love our neighbors as ourselves. God is giving us, Jesus is giving us commandments. You know, I, I, I used to laugh and I used to joke about these things. My wife would say, take out the trash. I, I started to sing, the, take out the garbage and the trash or you'll get no spending cash. All right, so the truth of the matter is that when my wife asked me to take out the garbage, do I really want to get out, uh, off my couch or out of my nice comfy uh, uh, blanket that I have underneath, you know, I'm underneath this warm blanket. I'm, I'm all cozy on my re- recliner. Do I really want to get up and take the trash out? No. Who wants to do that? Let it sit in a corner of the kitchen for weeks. It's okay. It won't spoil much. But the reality of it is, is that because I love my wife and she loves me, when she asks me to do something, when I ask her to do something, we're going to do it. Right? One of the measurements of love that we have for each other is that we sacrifice ourselves for each other. We sacrifice what we want and we love each other and we do the things that the other asks us to do. And so we will make that sacrifice. We will make that, uh, that... Now my wife doesn't give me the commandments to take out the trash. I just know it will work out a lot better for me if I take out the trash. And if you're married, let all the men who have ears say amen. amen. Okay. Well, Jay, you're the only one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the truth of the matter is, so is the measurement, let me try that again. The measurement of how much you love God can be equally compared to how obedient you are to him. going to let that savor there for a moment. Let that sink in. Jesus says that if we love him, we'll follow his commandments. Jesus tells us that we should follow him, that we should live out the rule that he has called us to live out. He calls us to live by the Ten Commandments, and he calls us to live by the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us. And then he goes and he says, if you love me, you will follow my commandments. If you obey me, if you want to love me, then you will obey who I am and what I ask you to do. So the measurement of how much we love God can be compared to how obedient we are to him. Now the difficulty with this statement is that some of us find us disobeying what God has asked us to do. But I believe that you still really love God. So how do we how do we measure this? How do we how do we deal with this when we are disobedient to God yet we still love him? See God is setting Jesus in his own words is setting the standard of us loving him and saying if we are to love God then we should be obeying him and obeying his commandments. See, the problem of it is, is that we live in a world where we want, so, we want a quick fix. We live in a world where we want the microwave culture to happen. We want to stick it in the microwave. We want to press two minutes, and we want it to be done just like that. I laughed uh, a few months ago, or maybe a few years ago, actually at this point now, when my, wife, uh, when my daughter, actually, my daughter and my son-in-law said, one of their best gifts that they love is this, uh, this popcorn popper that they have on their, their what's that called, a rolly pop or something like that, yeah? And so I was laughing because I'm thinking, this is so counterintuitive to the culture today. I mean, they sell microwave popcorn. It's hard to find actually whole kernel popcorn. Well, I guess they do sell it in stores, but it's not as prevalent as the microwave popcorn is. Why? I mean, honestly, if you take it and you put that rolly pop in there and you, and you put it on your stove, it makes really good popcorn. The culture we live in today wants everything to be just like this, right now. We want it now. We want our answers, and so there's Google. We want intelligence, we want wisdom. I I don't know about you, but anytime I want some type of information, the first thing I do is I go to Professor Google, right? I need to know, why do, why do, uh, I I don't know, I was trying to think of some silly uh, comment, but, you know, how to fix something, how to change something, let's go to Google and type it in. 
Let's go to YouTube, watch a video, yeah. How do I fix this? How do I fix that? I bet you there's a video on YouTube that someone says this is how you fix it. We live in a culture where we no longer learn things. We no longer take time to develop those things. And the problem with this is that we have also taken those same types of structures to our relationship with God. We want a fast relationship with God. We want, we want it to have the fullness of who God is in our lives, and, but we don't want to be bothered by it. See, the reason why Google is so popular is because it gives you answers right now. Before Google, you actually had to pick up a book. You had to have experience. You had to learn. You had to spend time developing those skill sets, developing those things. Today, you can just go to Google. You can go to YouTube and watch a video. Now, listen, I'm not going against I use Google and YouTube all the time, and it's wonderful. I fixed my dryer the other day just because I could watch a YouTube video. It's wonderful. But when it comes to our relationship with God, there's only one way that we can really learn and grow in our love with him, and that is being obedient to him. If you really love him, Jesus goes on to say that you will follow his commandments. It's not a fun comment. It's a convicting comment. It's a comment that should convict you. It's, it's, it's something that you should think about and you should dread a little bit. It should be something that, that gnaws at the inside of you. Because see, we are, we are here talking about God's love language and God's love language is following his commandments, following his obedience. And so if we are obedient to him, then that means we have to not be obedient to our desires. We have to be obedient to his desires. The passage goes on to speak volumes on just how this can happen and how this helps us. Let's read on. John chapter 14, verse 21 says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love and manifest myself to him. See, what's going on here at this point before we go on to the next verse here Jesus is saying to his disciples, Jesus is saying to us that if we keep his commandments and we love him and he who loves me will be loved by my father. What he's saying to us is that if we love Jesus, if we love and we keep his commandments, not only will we love Jesus, not only will we have a relationship with Jesus, but we will also have a relationship with the father. But the end of this section that we're reading here, he says, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Jesus goes on, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. I'm gonna pause here for a moment because this is very, very important. Jesus is telling Judas, Jesus is telling his disciples that if anyone loves me and he will keep my word, how do you know? If you don't read this word, you can't keep his word. And so the obedience part of it is not just merely coming to church on Sunday morning. It's not just merely giving your life to Christ on, uh, and accepting the salvation, which is a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. But it's also reading his word and letting his word direct you. But you've got to read it to have it direct you. If you're not reading this word, then how can you be directed? You're not obeying his commandments if you don't know his commandments. See, I think many Christians today have, don't follow God's commandments because they don't read his commandments. And so they don't even know the commandments to follow because they haven't read the commandments that are in this Bible today. But he goes on, he says, if you will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come and make our home with him. What Jesus is saying is that if, if we love him, if we keep his commandments, if we obey him, if we are obedient to his word, then he's going to come and he will make our home with us. Now, I, all over today, one of the biggest 
questions I get asked often is, how do I, I want to grow closer to God. I want God to be part of my life. I want to make decisions, and I want to I do these things, and I want to follow him, and I, I just, I want Jesus to be with me. I want to feel close to him. I want to have this relationship with him. You can. You can have that relationship. Right here, Jesus is telling us how to do it. Keep my word. Love me. Obey me. Keep my commandments. When you do those things, then I and the Father will come and make our home with you. Verse 24 then gives us the other side of this. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Jesus' comment to Judas was that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll obey what I ask you to do. It's not a hard thing. Listen, if you love your spouse, you want to spend time with your spouse. You want to be with them. My wife and I have made a commitment to try to do dates on a, uh, on a common uh, basis. We, we kind of got away from that. We let our life get really busy. And, and now that we have no kids, almost every day is like a date, right? Amen, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that there's something special about spending time together, about spending directed time and doing something together. And so my wife and I have made this commitment to doing that. But that relationship is growing closer. I, I, you know, 25 years and I can grow closer in my relationship with my wife because we sit down and during these date times, during this time together, we can sit down and we can look at each other in our eyes and we can share what's going on in our lives. See, my wife knows who I am. We've been married for 25 years. She knows me more than anything. But who I am today is much different than who I was 25 years ago. Every day, every month, every year, something new happens in our life and it, and it slowly changes us and hopefully we're growing closer to the Lord as we're growing together closer to the Lord. But together, we need to continue that relationship. And so we keep in that relationship, that love relationship with each other, growing with each other and, and trying to grow closer to each other. The truth is that this happens all the time in love relationships, marriage relationships all over the world. But God wants the same thing to happen with him. Whether you've been here and you're a Christian for five days or you've been a Christian for years, it doesn't matter. God wants you to obey him and grow closer to him. He doesn't want you to stop growing. When you stop growing in your relationship with God should be the time that you are accepted into heaven and all wisdom is given to you because you are relieved and he gives you that wisdom. But until that day, we are called to grow closer to him. Until that day, we're called to continue to grow closer and to love him and to be with him. And so we need to keep his word. And in fact, in verse 24, it says, if we don't keep his word, then we don't love him. So do you love God? Do you love him? The measurement of how much you love God can be said to how much you obey his word. Does that mean we're perfect? Absolutely not. But God wants a love relationship with you. He wants to be close to you. The secret to having God close to you is for you to be close to him through obedience and through following his commandments. We want a close relationship to God. We want to love him. We want to be with him. We want to be next to him. We want him to be in our lives. We want to be guided by him. We want everything to be said to him or, or for him to say to us where we need to go, what direction we need to go, where we need to say things and, and when we should keep our mouth shut. And it's probably more often for me when I should need to keep my mouth shut than when I should open my mouth. But the truth of the matter is that the secret to us having God close to us is how close we get to him in following his commandments. These are some weighty words. But I think important words for us to follow. You know, a few years ago, I'm dating myself, many years ago actually, there's this popular thing that went around. People were wearing uh, wristbands that said WWJD. You know, what would Jesus do? 
And I thought about that for a long time, and I thought, that's pretty cool, you know, wear this wristband to remind you what, does, what would Jesus do. The older I got, though, and the more I began to think about this, and the more I began to read Scripture and, and to grow in my understanding of the Scripture, I realized that I shouldn't have to wear a bracelet to tell me what Jesus would do. Because what Jesus would do is wrapped up in this book right here. And if I spent my time in this book, I wouldn't have to ask what Jesus would do because it would naturally flow out of my life because I was living close to him and I was obeying him. The problem with many of us today is that we're not living close enough to Jesus in this book. We're not following the commandments that he gives. We're not reading these things. We're not letting scripture dive deep down inside of us. We don't really have a love relationship with Jesus. What we have is a relationship to get our butts out of hell. That's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is that too many of us are more concerned with not going to hell and going to heaven than we are in actually having a love relationship with Jesus. I'm not taking anything away from a relationship and a salvation message because that's the only way that we get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. But what I'm saying is that our relationship doesn't end there. It continues to grow. It continues to get bolder. We continue to, uh, our obedience with Jesus grows inside of us. Every relationship that you have in your life grows in the love that you have for that person. My daughter is 23 years old. And the day that she was born, I remember the day that she was born, and she's all embarrassed because now I'm talking about her, but that's okay. You, are, you got a mask on. No one can tell that you're embarrassed anyway, so that's okay. All right. The day she was born, I thought I could love her. I thought, you know, I love my daughter. It was amazing. It's amazing to hold this little baby in your hand and look at her. Bald Becca. She was bald for a year and a half. I'm getting there, Becca. I'm, I'm catching up to where you were when you were born, so. Loved her. And I thought that that was, there was no limits. There's no more. I couldn't love a child any more than what I loved her when she was born. That was true until the day she left to go to college. <laughs> The day she went to college, I realized, oh, wait, there's a lot more love in there than what I thought. Being eight hours away from your baby, do- your baby girl, right, was tough. And I thought at that moment, there's not another chance that I could love my baby girl again any more than what I loved her at that point until she got married. <laughs> when she got married, it's something totally different. Now, listen, it's not that I don't love that she's experienced these things of her life because I do. They're wonderful. But I realize that my love for my daughter has grown. My love for my wife has grown for 25 years. When I met my wife the very first time, I looked at her and I said, man, I want to marry her. I knew, I knew immediately. Took a, took a little while to convince her. I was convinced the day that I met her. But when we got married, the day that we got married, and with all the tragedy and all the difficulty we were having with our marriage and, and uh, with uh, the wedding ceremony, I should say, because of my father's accident and everything else that was going on, I thought, man, there's, not a, there's, I, there's no way I could love this woman any more than I love her today. Truth of the matter is, my love for her was just beginning. 25 years later, I have learned that I, I, it's, it's amazing to feel the depthness of that love that you can have for someone. But that has been built 25 years of having a relationship where we share each other, we share our hearts, we spend time together, we talk, we go through life together. Why is it that in every aspect of every part of our lives, this is true except for our relationship with God? Why does most relationships with God seem to start off with this great high this wonderful excitement. I'm saved. And you want to run around and you want to tell everyone that you're saved. And you run around and you tell people, I just accepted Jesus into my heart. I'm going to heaven. I can't wait. We're so excited about that. But then generally what happens for the average Christian is that that begins to wane after so many years. Why is that? May I suggest that we're excited about being saved, about having salvation, about not ending up in a place of eternal torment and pain. But we really haven't fallen in love with Jesus. May I suggest that until we become obedient to him, until we begin to build this love relationship with him, that's when our relationship with God will begin to grow 
The problem with this is that generally what happens is that the division, the divide, if you will, the, the separation happens when God comes down and he asks us to do something that makes us have to sacrifice something that we don't want to sacrifice. The rubber meets the road, if you will. Sometimes it's just a simple fact of, uh, you know, I love when Jake gets up and he talks about tithing and uh, those types of things. God's commandment is that we tithe, by the way. And it isn't just giving a, a dollar or two where we feel like it. God actually has a number, and I'll have you look up that number. This, this message isn't about tithing, but that's one of the places where the rubber meets the road, if you will. Where people go, ah, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'll just not obey God when it comes to that portion, but I'll obey God over here because I want salvation. When God says that you should love others, you should humble your, yourself and love others. Yeah, I don't think I want to do that so much. I'm a pretty important person and I like myself, so I don't think I'm going to humble myself. Uh, that person will be okay on their own. When God calls us to grow in our relationship with him and to, to pick up our cross and carry it daily, yeah, God's for me. He wouldn't, he wouldn't ask me to do something that's going to hurt me. He's not going to do something that's going to cause me pain or or cause a little uncomfortableness, if you will. <laughs> the truth of the matter is that our relationship with God is not built upon a love relationship. Our relationship with God is built upon him giving us stuff. We're okay with following God as long as he's giving us something. But when we have to give him something back, when we have to obey him, when we have to be obedient to him, then it's a different question. Now listen, I know you're probably sitting here in some a- avenue a little depressed and a little, how can I be more obedient to God? Well, there's hope for us all. See, the truth of the matter is if, we, if you flip over in your Bibles to Hebrew chapter 11, verse 6, Jesus gives us a message. The writer of Hebrews gives us a message, I should say. And it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, the truth of the matter is is that when we don't obey God, when we are disobedient to God, God still wants to search after you. He still loves you and he wants to drive after. He's trying to get you to be with him. He wants you to have a relationship with him. (laughs) Down goes the coffee. That's coffee abuse. Um, But the writer of Hebrews says, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Are you seeking God? See, the question really is, is not whether you're obedient or not, it's whether you're seeking him. You can be obedient and you can fail. You can be obedient and you can make a mistake. You can do all of those things. In fact, let me go one step further and say there is nothing, there is no amount of obedience that you can have towards God that's going to win you enough to have your relationship with him in heaven. Yes, I just, did, I, I, I just said that. Now you might be thinking to me, well, isn't that contrary to what you just said? You just said that the level of how much I love God can be measured to how much I'm obedient to God. And now I'm saying you, to you, there's not an, anything that you can be to be obedient enough to follow after God. Yes, I'm saying those things both and I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth see the truth of the matter is is that if we have faith if we love God and we draw onto him if we draw near to God it's not about being obedient to God it's about how much you love God God will want you to be obedient God does want you to be obedient to him see our obedience to him should not be done out of a requirement too many Christians today are being obedient to God out of a requirement they come to church out of a requirement they read their Bibles out of a requirement they pray before dinner and after dinner and at night out of a requirement it's not done out of a relationship it's not done out of love it's done out of a requirement I grew up in a denomination that was all about requirements if you sinned you had to do so many prayers and you had to read so many things and you had to say so many 
uh, types of prayers that they would give to you. See, God doesn't want us to have obedience to him out of requirements. He wants us to have obedience to him out of a love relationship like you have with your husband and wife, like you have with your children, like you have with your, uh, anything that you love today. It is true that the measurement of your love towards God can be equally compared to the obedience that you have for God, but it's not out of requirement, it's out of relationship. Your relationship with God means that you can love him and that you want to change for him. Too many Christians are living by the law and they're living not by the grace of Jesus Christ. They're living by the has to, or I have to do this and I have to do that instead I want to do this. You should want to come to church because you have a love relationship with Jesus and you want to come and worship him. You should want to sing as loud as you can with your hands raised high during worship because you love him, not because you have to. You should want to read your Bible because you love Jesus and this is how you grow closer to him, not because you have to. You should want to pray to God because who else can you share your deepest, darkest secrets with and he wants to grow closer to you. It's about a a relationship. It's not about a requirement. We have to get over this fact. Too many of us are failing because we are serving God out of requirements. The pressure of that requirement, that pressure of what I have to do weighs heavy on us. And instead of fulfilling those requirements, we just get tired and say, it's not worth it. I'm going to throw it away. God, what does want your obedience? God does want you to follow him and his commandments. God loves you, but he wants it out of a relationship. It is why Jesus came to this earth. If it was just out of requirement, it would have been the same that it was in the Old Testament. You can go and look at the Old Testament and see what they had to do to have their sins sins forgiven. They had to sacrifice. They had to walk through the sacrifice. They had this, I mean, drawn out thing. Go to Deuteronomy. Go to Genesis. Read any of these things that they had to do. It's amazing what they had to do to have their sins forgiven. But God didn't want our fellowship. He didn't want, he didn't want us to follow him out of requirement. He wanted us to follow him out of love. And so because of that, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come down to this earth and die on a cross to make your obedience worthwhile. See, your, your obedience without Jesus is not good enough to get you to heaven. Your obedience without Jesus is just a requirement that you're trying to fill to become better, to become a better person, to become a better Christian, to make yourself look better with everyone else that's around here. But the reality of it is Jesus comes down and makes our obedience about a relationship because we love him and we want to be with him. I want to speak his love language. I want to know my Lord and Savior more than ever. I want to follow every commandment, not because I have to, not because it's a requirement, but because it's a relationship. Because I want to have that relationship with him. I want to grow in my love and I want my love to be stronger every single day. Every single time I get up every morning, I thank him for waking me up another morning. I think the older you get, the more that becomes common. (laughs) In fact, I worked out really hard yesterday. So when I got up this morning, I went to get out of bed. I'm like, oh Lord, this would be an okay morning for you to take me home. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is is that we should thank him for everything that we have. We should be in love with him. Our measurement of love between a couple, if you love someone that you're with, how do you show them that you love them? You do nice things for them. You give them flowers. You give them, I mean, it it was Valentine's Day last week. Hopefully all of you guys did something for your spouses last week and I reminded you over and over and over again so if you missed out, sorry, it's your own fault, right? Even if it is a American greetings holiday. Um, actually, that's Sweetest Day. Valentine's Day is an actual true holiday. Sweetest Day is a made-up holiday, but... 
But the truth of the matter is, is that we, we share our love with each other by doing what? By doing nice things, by spending time, by giving things, gifts, presents, spending time, our love. We humble ourselves for, our, for our, the person that we love. We're called to do the same thing for Jesus. Jesus wants to be so in love. Jesus wants you to be so in love with him that you're willing to sacrifice all that you have. God's way of us being obedient enough to follow him and have this love relationship was through his son, Jesus Christ. Through this relationship, all he wants in return is for you to have faith to trust in him. To follow after him, to be obedient. So my question as we begin to wrap this up today is are you following Jesus by being obedient? Is your obedience out of love or requirement? See, the truth of the matter is, is that if you're loving Jesus out of requirement, it's never gonna be achievable. You're gonna be a miserable person. God doesn't want your requirements. He wants your relationship. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. I want God, I want to be so in love with him that I speak his love language. God's love language is obedience, following his commandments. But may we not do it out of requirement. See, church gets really old. Our relationship gets really old when we do it out of requirement. If I have to come do something, who wants to do that? Do you have to be here? Do you have to do those things? Just the simple fact that you have to do something makes everything that much worse. When you get to do something, when you choose to love him, when you choose to have that relationship with him, it's so much better. God is calling you to choose him out of a relationship of love, not out of a relationship of a requirement. God wants to love, God wants you to love him, to choose him, to say, I want to be with him. Can you truly say today that you love him? Can you truly say today that you love Jesus? I'm going to ask you, we, we do this, the altar is always open. Every time we sing a, our last worship song, the altar is open. Robert, I'm having a problem up here going back and forth between these slides, so will you just take it to the last slide, please? It's giving me an error. The altars are always open. And I ask you this every Sunday. Think about your relationship with God. Consider where it's at. Are you living a life that says, I have to do this? Are you living a life, are you living a relationship with God that says, I have to be this way or I have to do this or I have to do that? Do you think in your relationship with God uh, in that way? Do you think about your, listen, the problem is too many Christians are thinking that God wants them to abandon things instead of what God gives to you. See, God gives you so much more than what he asks you to abandon. Christianity often is said to be by those that don't know and don't truly follow Jesus and don't understand. Christianity often is called the religion that makes you give up everything. The truth of the matter is that Christianity doesn't ask you to give up anything. It asks you to receive everything. Christianity is the only religion in the world that actually has a savior that died on the cross so that you can have something. Everyone else, every other religion says you have to do something in order to receive it. Jesus says, I did that something for you. 
Christianity is the only relationship or is the only religion that you can actually truly have a relationship with its savior because not only did he die on the cross, but he was raised again three days later. You know, it's the only religion in this world. You can name any other religion that you want and it does not have a savior who's alive today. Why? Because Jesus wants to have a love relationship with you. He wants to be in love with you. He wants to live with you. He wants to be with you. He's not interested in your requirements. He's not interested in giving you this long list of requirements that says, this is what you have to do. No, he's interested in saying, I love you and I want you to love me and this is what I've done for you and so just come and love me. Just be with me. And out of that relationship, out of that love relationship that we have, then the nature, the natural direction is for us to do the things that make him happy. Like you do for your spouse, like you do for your children, like you do for the one that you love. Jesus just wants you to love him. And in that relationship, he will help you grow. Will you stand with me, please? Today, what I want to do is I want to talk to those that are in this room or watching online at home that have been living a life of religion out of requirement. There are many. I don't know if there's any in this room or any that are watching at home online, but I know there are many people across this world that are living a religion out of requirement. Their religion has nothing to do with a relationship. In fact, I hate calling it religion because our, our Christianity is not a religion at all. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's too many of us that still live our life out of that requirement. And so I want to speak to you today as we begin to wrap up, as we begin to sing this last worship song. What I want to ask you to do is, can you put aside the requirement that you feel inside of your heart to serve Jesus? And can you instead just say, I'm going to serve him because I love him and he loves me. Instead of feeling the weight of that requirement, feeling the weight of that obedience that that I have to do this and I have to do that, can you instead say, I want to do those things because Jesus loves me. had a meeting with someone not too long ago and during that meeting he said this is kind of like a first date getting to figure out if we like each other enough to have another date our relationship with Jesus is kind of like that too but what we don't understand sometimes is that he went to the ultimate on that first date he died on the cross for you leaving no doubt of how much he felt for you. The question really isn't how much Jesus loves us, it's how much we love him. May I ask you today to set aside the requirement of religion and instead have a true love relationship with Jesus Christ. What that means is that you come to him and you say, Lord, I love you. I confess with my heart that I'm a sinner. But with that same heart, I believe What you did on the cross was more than what I could ever ask. More than what I could ever have expected. So therefore I ask you to come into my heart. Build that relationship with me. Let me love you like you deserve to be loved. If you're here today and you're living a life out of requirement, if you're living a relationship, and and may I not even call it a relationship, you're, you're living in your obedience to God is out of a requirement, may I ask you to just ask him to, for, to forgive you for that? To say, Lord, help me not see you in a requirement, but let me see you as a relationship. Let me see you as love and the love that you truly are. Let me see how serving you is not an, a requirement. It's not something I have to do. It's something I should want to do. Because the truth of the matter is is that that love, that relationship is all about a matter of our hearts. And where your heart is, you know the rest of that. Truth of the matter is is where our heart is matters most. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you come to this earth, that you came to this earth, that you lived and walked on this earth 
that you died on the cross for us. Lord, we thank you so much for that. Lord, you did all of that so that we can have a relationship with you, a love relationship, that we can just be in love with you. Lord, forgive us. Too many of us have made it a requirement to follow you. taught our kids to follow Jesus, it means that you have to do this or you have to do that. Instead of teaching our kids, we get to do this because Jesus is such an awesome lover of our souls. Lord, forgive us for making our relationship with you a requirement and help us to fall in love with you again. With every worship song we sing, with every time we get to our knees and we pray, with every time that we open scripture, every time we obey you and we're obedient to you, may we do it out of a relationship, out of a love relationship with you. Lord, if I could just help people see that it's so much better that way. Father, I pray that I have not done a good enough job of doing that, but you can. And so I pray, help us to fall in love with you again, where you become the most important thing in our lives. We're following you is all that matters. Loving you is all that matters. Where our relationship with you is again out of love and not requirement. Father, if there's someone here today that's never given their life to Christ before, never given their life to you before, there's someone here today that needs to do that, may they, may they just search you, may they just say, forgive me for what I've done. I confess with my heart Confess with my mouth, believe with my heart, and ask you to come into this love relationship with me. Help us today, Father, to follow you in the way that you deserve. Help us to love you in that way. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As we sing this worship song, if you'd like to come forward and have prayer, we'd love to pray with you to ask God to help you see him in a new way. Come forward if you'd like as we sing.
grasp a hold of the fact that Jesus loves us so much that he died on the cross for us but it doesn't end there he wants to have a relationship with you he wants to walk with you he wants to talk with you he wants to be with you he made a way not only for us to serve him not only for us to have eternity in heaven but he made a way by coming back to life that means we we can have a relationship with our savior it means that we can serve him every single day and that we can walk with him we don't walk this path alone we walk with him god is with us may we serve him today may we love him today in that way Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done for us. Father, we thank you for providing a way for us. Holy Spirit, we ask you that you just come in our midst today. Guide us and direct us. Help us to know how to love. Help us to walk in that love relationship with you even better. Help us not to be forsaken. Help us not to be left alone. Help us not to serve you out of a requirement, but let us instead love you like only you deserve to be loved. Jesus, you're such an awesome God. We love you more than ever. Guide us and direct us as we get ready to leave this place today. As we go into our homes, as we go into our neighborhoods, may we learn to love you and show that love to others. May we be like people who are fast in love with each other that we walk out and we want to tell everyone about the person that we love. We want to share with everybody that we see, every person that crosses our path. We want to share about this love that we have with them because we're so much in love with you. Help us to do that today, Father. I pray, Lord, as we leave this place, give us direction, give us guidance. Send us on our missions that you have put us on to share the love that you have for others. We glorify you, Father, in this place. We ask you for your blessing to rest upon us, to keep us safe, to keep us protected, 
to guide us in all things. We give you the glory, we give you the honor, we give you the praise in your most precious and holy name. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your Sunday and a wonderful upcoming week. We'll see you again next week. God bless.